Hi everyone. If you're expecting this episode to be the second part of our Marvel movie directors conversation, don't worry, that's coming, but it's not this week. That's going to be next week. Next week. Stay tuned. I know we said it'd be this week. Sorry, we changed our minds. This week, we're talking about something else. But first of all, James, I have a question. Yes. Last week when we did the Thor review, yeah. I forgot to mention that when I went to see it at a cinema, um, it did that thing which I've had a couple of times at the cinema where the volume was just a little bit too quiet. Same. Yes, yeah, this, this, keep ha- this keeps happening. It's Am I going deaf? No, 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 no. no. It's, it's definitely not. It's like they took a poll and they were like, oh, some people find it. It's better to be too quiet than to, too loud. Too loud, like, drives people crazy, mm. sends them out the cinema. Too quiet, that's subjective. And it was a real issue because watching the film, it made the whole thing seem really timid and tepid and tame. Yeah. Right? When, 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 like, Thor Love and Thunder should punch you in the face. Exactly. Yeah. When it comes in with the Guns and Roses, it should be like... But it was like this. In a in a in a cinema, which is a room with a with a whole wall as a screen. Yes, it should be loud. It's industrially built to be like this. Yes, it should scream in my face. Do you want to hear about? I, I felt like I needed to reach for the remote and turn yeah, it up. Just, it, 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 yeah, just you know what happened annoying. to me? A severe violation of the cinema code, in my experience, was about twenty minutes into the start of the film, some guy walked into the cinema. Okay, so I, I was about five rows up of a 15 row cinema yeah. thing. Okay, so I'm like five rows and I'm like near the right, but I'm the first person you'll see if you walk down my row. So he comes in 20, 25 minutes late, walks up to my row, comes and sits next to me. And English was not his first language, but he said, hi, um, is, this, uh, is this Thor Love and Thunder? And I'm just there like, what? He's like, is this Thor Love and Thunder? I'm like, yeah, shh. And he's like, okay, okay. Sits, sits next to me and starts watching the film. And then he goes, what's, um, what's happened so far? And I'm like, dude, seriously? Yeah. I, I said like, dude, seriously? And I was like, I just went, yeah. shh, what the hell? No way. A, I get really, um, I, when someone walks in after the film started, all I can think about is they've missed that scene. Yeah. No, they, they, they don't understand that. The, yeah. And it bothers me the entire time that they've yeah. done it. But almost 20, 25 minutes was so long. I don't yeah. know if they snuck in or they went to another screening and went to this. What? But to go up to someone and go, what film is this? When literally Thor was on the screen yeah. at the time. And then you go, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, dude, seriously? Is this Downton Abbey? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then you had to be like, what's happened so far? As if I was going to go, well, what's yeah. happened so far? Pause is, the film, guys. Pause, pause the film for you this man. You won't believe what. Yeah. I, I just couldn't believe I it. Had a, I had a serious code violation that I was just like, I fucking hate going to the cinema sometimes. <laughs> which is, uh, we, we, I was watching it and it's about five minutes in. And I'm actually right by, first of all, I, I, when I get in my seat, by the way, before the film, I sit there for five minutes and I'm like, this seat is damp. This scene <laughs> is soggy. I can feel it. And I'm like, get up and like, it starts oh. to soak through the and trousers. I'm like, Look, it was a hot day. I'm like, is it just, you know, oh. it's really, no, no. Someone had clearly spilt their drink on it maybe hours before. And it was like a soda filled cushion. Oh. So I hop along with it. And I'm right by the wall, which is the tunnel where you come in, right? Right. Not okay. my choice. I always try and go on the opposite side of where the tunnel is because sure. I don't want to keep seeing people come in and out, yeah. right? So when I got in there, I was like, oh, I misread the seat map and I'm right by there. Anyway, I'm five minutes in and, and literally, um, I'm just going to get this. You see my, th- yeah, oh, no, my yeah, this phone so, torch. No, no, this, to- this phone torch appears right by, um, comes up above the, the wall and just goes, cheese, say cheese. <laughs> and just like goes, and then just like, and it's just, obviously at that point, the cinema is so dark, the, the flashlight just goes everywhere. And, and I'm like, 
Well, just and, and then they just did, and they just go and you hear. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was a woman as well. A group of girls. A group, a group of girls. And Why I was is like, that funny? What kind of picture are you going to get? Everyone just went, huh? and they just carried on watching the film. And I was like, I mean, that really brought me out of it. Uh, I, I, I just times like that. I'm you, like, you're paying. You wouldn't get this at home. Wouldn't get this if I stayed at no. home. No, I pay for the the the, the quiet black box. Yeah. Well, not quiet, but like yeah. meant to be silent black box. It just when it isn't that, and you've had to leave your house to go be distracted. It's yeah. not good. So I paid for. Uh, or sound that wasn't loud enough. Yeah. People that were too loud and disruptive. And mm. same with you. I it's, had, not good, um, it's not a good advert. You know, you know, I mentioned in our review that there were a lot of teenagers, teenagers like 15, 16, 17, who were all loving it. But there was this one guy who sat next to me who really wanted his friends to know that he was finding it so funny. And every time- a teenager guy. Teenager yeah. guy. And every time he'd be like, hitting his face, be like, oh my God, oh my God. And then he kept doing this thing where he went, I kept clapping oh. and every time he laughed. He went, <laughs> oh. and I just was like, if Shut he up, claps yeah. again, because and then it like ruins it because and you know and he was laughing at the wrong point yeah. and it wasn't meant to be funny. And you can just tell someone's trying to tell you yes. they think it's funny. It's such a shame because it's a funny. I want to go to the cinema. I, know, I, know. I want to enjoy it, but you just you just. I also don't want to pay thirty pounds to see it in IMAX if I don't have to to get a screen that's loud enough. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. almost like is that how much you have to do that's on the verge of like my eardrums bleeding yeah. sometimes but even even like like if you go to the prince charles where the film fans are like loyal film yeah. fans you still get people chatting and talking oh yeah I, I saw a film with the prince charles once the a guy walked out came back with a full indian curry like full curry takeaway like unacceptable uh, what no Okay, George, should we go through some of the correspondence we have this week? Thank you again for writing into the show. If Absolutely. you want to send us an email, please do by writing into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. This first one is from Bevin. Hi, guys. I'm really obsessed with your podcast. Okay. I found you on TikTok and I've listened to every episode you have. <laughs> I recommend your pod to all my fellow film fanatics. Hey, Bevan, thank, thank you. you. You're doing God's work. Uh, I wanted to ask, as a person from Ireland, I was wondering if you had any thoughts about Irish cinema, the rise and the like in the early 90s and where thank it went you. thereafter. I find it particularly interesting, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. Looking forward to your next episode. All the best, Bevin. And Bevin, thank you for telling us how to pronounce your name because I would have definitely butchered it. Thank, thank you. you. Um, Interesting question. Well, look, I'm not going to pretend, and I don't think you're going to pretend either, that we're, that we're scholars of Irish cinema, no. or that we're overly familiar, unless you are overly familiar uh, with yeah, Irish yeah, cinema. Secretly. Um, um, which is always a shame. You know, there's always areas of cinema that I want to explore. Yeah. Um, when you, but talking about it, though, I, I, I did catch a, uh, a whiff of this beforehand, and I think um, we talked about Lenny Abramson, yes. Irish director, and what Richard did. Great, great Irish film. And then obviously that moved into Normal People, which I think mm. now if you talk to people about, oh, what's a... Irish made thing and Irish set that uh, you know has, has, has really poked through to the mainstream that would be normal people and you and I both like that but thinking outside that uh, I did see a really good Irish film called uh, Calm With Horses a couple oh, of years ago right sounds familiar yeah it's got uh, I think it's like Cosmo Jarvis and Barry Keoghan in it right yes and it's this quite yeah it's quite it's kind of this crime film set in Ireland where Cosmo Jarvis is this kind of big, kind of brutish, almost like Brando-esque kind of figure. And the film opens and they're about to basically rough someone up because yeah. something bad has happened with this crime family where someone behaved inappropriately. And they then go after basically you know, rough him up. But he's conflicted. He's got a, a young daughter. He doesn't really want this life. I think, I think there's something in it about him being... He was either like a 
prize horse rider or a fighter or something and he just doesn't belong in this world but classic you know genre territory the yeah. uh, barry kogan is part of the family he's a bit of a weak hunterling but he, he wants to fit in as well um it was a really solid film i think in like 90 minutes as well um that i watched bevan please write back with yeah. some recommendations because i would love to have like just yeah. I know it's kind of hard to do, but if you could do like three to five really yeah. good Irish films to get us started, maybe I've heard of them, maybe I haven't. And then like, I'm going on holiday soon and I'm so, I really, I'm just looking forward to like writing a list of films in my backlog that yeah. I need to go and see and just want to blitz mm. them. Not that that's the best way to watch film, but I'd love if you had some recommendations yeah, for Irish cinema, please always, feel free. Always to explore and expand um, horizon. So thank you so much for that yeah. email. This next one's from Tom. Hi guys, love the podcast and wanted to share a film I finally got round to watching that really took me by surprise and wanted to share with you. Okay. Written by, directed by and starring Tom Hanks. That Thing You Do is oh, a yeah. story of a band's rise to fame in the early 1960s with some fantastic comedic performances and heart plus a ridiculously catchy original sound mm. soundtrack. Mm -hmm. As George mentioned, he's a massive Beatles fan. I thought he'd also get a kick out of the setting slash premise. We'd love to get your thoughts. All the best, Tom. When you do that thing, you, you do. do. You it? It, yeah, yeah. And it's got that younger, non, not like Tom Hanks lookalike, but not Tom Hanks. I, I can't remember his name. I've only seen it once. Years I ago. I saw it in a hostel in Australia, Sydney. <laughs> um, yeah. And I kind of walked there. I think I might have missed the first five minutes. And I remember, no, no. We finished watching something. I think we'd finished watching a film called Tucker and Dale versus Eva, which is actually quite good. Okay. So it's funny. And this just came on afterwards. And like, nobody moved from the sofa. <laughs> And I remember thinking, I've never heard of this film. Tom Hanks, Steve Zahn, like yeah. well, I, I think maybe Liv Tyler's in it as well. It's just like, what like, year young, is this? It's like this is like what year did I see it? Yeah, did, did you out? see it? I saw it in twenty thirteen. This right, came out okay, in ninety six. Yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, it's quite it, it's it's sweet and it's yeah. fun. And I think also funny we were talking about Elvis recently. That thing you do is kind of the first Tom Hanks villainy. Yeah, because he plays again a manager. Slightly threatening. Of like a Jersey Boys, like watch the rise through fame, like yeah. through the different eras of the uh, O'Needers. Yeah, no, 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 the O'Needers, the Wonders. No, the Wonders. Do you remember he's trying to explain the name? I don't remember. I saw the, it as a they're kid. They're called the Wonders, but it's written with one. Does uh, and some guys like welcome to the uh, O'Needers. Yes, uh, I'd, I'd like to check that out, actually. Yeah, I, I, I don't hear bad things about it that it hasn't aged, so mm. I, I bet it's still good. This one is from McLovin, but it was a YouTube comment of a guy called McLovin, but he had a picture of Andrew Garfield, so... Interesting. Yeah. Well, is that <laughs> a crossover that we're going to get? <laughs> no. Uh, recently found your channel slash podcast, and I am loving it. You guys have great chemistry together, and oh. I'm enjoying binging all your previous episodes. That's funny, because I actually hate James yeah, so I, much. Yeah, I need a week off. Um, <laughs> would love an episode on the best years for film. Oh, this is quite an interesting one because I bet like people will go, what was the best year or what? what like, could you go in history now that year? Whoa, look at all the films I, that I, came yeah, out. I want to do that. We should episode. do that. Well, did we did we review? No, we did the Oscars review. We reviewed yeah. 2013 so we kind of Oscars. No, 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 the 2012 Oscars. 2012 Oscars. So that was all the best films from the previous year. Yeah, we ten, ran yeah from 10 years ago. Um, and But I agree. There are definitely some years you could make a suggestion. Pick, pick maybe like five films from each year, from the year you want to champion yes like, i think this was a great year there are also great films that weren't oscar nominated that are like very much yes a product of that year yeah. like you could talk about like avengers being a big product great question do they suggest one no ah uh, great okay. question mclovin <laughs> if that is your real name it was like, i remember at glastonbury like you know everyone brings flags there were like three flags where someone just bought the mclovin id from Superbad, oh. and i'm like it is 2022 that film came out 15 years ago 2007 yeah is that who who is at home being like, oh, guys, 
I know it would be really funny. Yeah. I bring a flag of the McLovin idea. Yeah. And everyone goes, oh yeah, hilarious. I love that film. Like, sure, in 2009, yeah. that's hilarious. But why is it so funny to have McLovin's I ID? Is it that iconic? Anyway. This one is from Sam. What's up, guys? Emailing from Weymouth, Dorset, UK. Love the podcast. Nice. Love the Theroux impression. Please do more. Right. Um, right. Is that... <coughs> I've done it in a while. Yeah. Now you're clear. <laughs> um, 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 right, right, so you went to Glastonbury? Right. Does right. your wife know? Does... Hmm. Fun fact for people who well, uh, watch this show. Uh, that, that impression we uploaded of mainly George doing a Louis Theroux impression Just was the, the first, vid first video on our TikTok that got more than like 200 views. Yes. It got, I think it's got a few hundred thousand views it, now, yeah. but I posted it late at night, literally right before I went to bed. And then the next morning I woke up and it had like 13,000 views and I was so excited. Yeah, we couldn't believe it. We couldn't believe it. And then of course, I think it got 100,000 views by the end of the day, which for us was crazy because no yeah. one listened to the show. No one watched the show. And from that, our TikTok basically blew up. Well, it sort of blew up. No, it's it has, blew up has, for has us. Has progressed. Has progressed. And then from that, Relative we, we started to get like tens of thousands of views, hundreds of thousands of views of video. But it was that impression. Yeah, the icebreaker. All of a sudden, like thousands of comments, yeah. thousands of likes. Um, so that kind of was the start of it all. I will find a right time to bring back Louis through when, when the time is right. Yeah. When the we'll, time is right. We'll, we'll watch his next special and we'll just rinse yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so my question slash topic is, in a world of bleeding dry content from stagnant franchises, we are more and more often seeing the merging of cinematic universes. What cinematic universes would you be interested in merging? Cool. For example, Born Cross Bond, plot could be Bond, born, Bond hunting down Born, who is still on the run, using Felix from the CIA as a link between mm. franchises. Also, Sin City and The Boys, or Dread, or... Oh, sorry. Also, Sin City and The Boys, or Dread, an alien versus Predator, or alien slash Predator, as is suggested wow. by... I'd be interested to see your take on this. Cheers, Sam. Well, off the top of my head, I, I, crikey, I don't even know, but all it does remind me of... The one crossover that didn't happen that I, I personally would have been up for after the Sony hack in 2014. Remember when they had they got they had the cyber attack and all the emails got leaked. Do you remember yes. that? Yes. The interview, North Korea. Yes, I remember. Yeah. Right, and uh, loads of emails got leaked. There was a, a, a chain that got released that um, they had been considering making the third Jump Street film, a crossover Men in, Men in Black. Black. Right. Yes. And when I heard that, I thought that sounds great because. Yeah. You've got Men in Black, by that point, a dormant franchise. Hadn't been touched in, like, 10 years. And the last one wasn't good either. The last two weren't good. The only, there's, oh, only God, one good, there's only one good Men in Black film. It's the yeah. first one, right? Um, the, the Jump Street films were great. Both of them I really enjoyed. But they, you know, that was the end of the road. They had nowhere to go with it. I feel like there was, there was a third film that should have come exactly. from that. Exactly, should have come from those. And this idea of bringing them into uh, mixing with Men in Black, I just thought was really funny. Because yeah. Men in Black is funny, and and and, and you and want to see Joan Hill and Channing Tatum walk in and like react yeah, yeah. to everything. It's such an easy format for comedy. Um, but uh, it kind of they got like cold feet, and I think they were progressing it for a time, and they got cold feet, and then they eventually dropped it. And as a result, we never got a third Jump Street film. And what we got was this just tired, risible, um, by the numbers Men in Black film in 2019, Men in Black International. Do you remember? Which was clearly and... just made so they can hold on to the IP. Yeah. Right. And I'm just like, why couldn't you have just been been bold and gone for this crossover. What what where would the harm have been? I guess they were saying, oh, it would have un undermined the integrity of Men in Black if you're kind of taking the piss out of it by <sighs> putting Jump Street in. Yeah. But I think that would have been really funny. I, so I would I would have liked that. Um, I'd, I, either way, if that can't happen, I'd love another 
Jump Street, even though Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill are even older. <laughs> than yeah, they how should. could you like, That was always the joke that they were. They could old. be like mature students now. Like, yeah, like, doing yeah. masters. Yeah. I, I thought, yeah, there's some good jokes. In the, the one that's always stayed with me, where like Jonah Hill's like the spoken word said, poetry. No, Cynthia, Cynthia. No, he's like. Um, uh, you know, you said we could do what we want with this one because you know there's loads of meta jokes. Yeah, yeah. You said we could do what we want with this one. You said we had Kate Blanchett. What? You said we had Kate Blanchett. I said you had Carte Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> I like how much they reference the generational differences between what high school movies were like in Channing Tatum's era, yeah, and then like now when yeah. um, doesn't he like use a, a homophobic slur and everyone yeah. all of a sudden is like, hey, dude, that's not cool. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. He's gay, and we're all really supportive yeah, 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 of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, like how like just the, like opinions have completely yeah. changed. Also, like the f- Twenty One Jump Street, the first one came out ten years ago. So oh, those those films so, are actually yeah, now like no, oh, that's, oh. Anyway, uh, did you have a crossover? No, I. I said, uh, unfortunately, all the ones you mentioned, I kind of don't want. I feel like I don't really want. Oh wait. I'll give you one. Yeah, go on. No, no, no sorry, I'll let you finish. That's it. I just, I feel like we've got too many crossover Avengers mishmash. I, I okay. kind of want it to rest. I don't want Bond to be Imagine moving to Bond, but yeah. It's a film set in the Death Star. Star Wars from set in the Death Star, right? Okay. It's just, just all in the Death Star. So no other ships. Parks and And rest. it's about, it's, it's not about Jedi's or any Siths or anything like, just about like the Storm Trevors. Storm Trevors. The engineers. The Storm Troopers and the workers and the, and the, and the, and the, you know, the top brass. And um, the alien, the Xenomorph breaks out in oh, the wow. Death Star. Lot, cue lots of flickering lights. Lots sure. of, that, that's that, a, just, just, I want to do Alien in the Death and Star, it's just or maybe Aliens, but like, it's with Star Wars Stormtroopers, and they're like stuck on the Death Star. Do you then just call Vader and be like, Vader, no, no, you're no. the only one who takes phone, care of this? Phones are, phones are out. <laughs> phones are out, and the entire. He's, he's on Mustafar having an oil bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the oil bath, isn't that? That's um, the juice. Or something. That's yeah. the juice. We know he like bathes in his. Um, I don't know, maybe that sounds stupid, but they'll probably do it. But at that's some point. just Alien with Stormtroopers. Yes. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> I, I want the, Is that uh, so hard? I want the uh, undercover boss SNL mockumentary. Oh, with, that's be a full like, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard Kylo Ren has an eight pack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Adam is. Kylo <laughs> yeah, Ren. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's it. And that's it. That's all the correspondence we have for this week. Thank you for writing in. If you wanted to ask us a question, you can do by emailing hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Thank you. So, film festivals, James. Mm. I don't think a lot of our listeners as film fans would necessarily know the complete inner workings of a film festival. Neither right? did I. Film festivals are part of the film industry calendar all the way through the year, right? You've got Cannes, Venice, Toronto, and big, big things come out of them. And, you know, all these films were shown at this festival. You and see them leafed on trailers. Yes, exactly. Whatever that means. Cachet, yeah. And uh, all that, that film is now in the Oscar race. So we're aware of, you know, film festivals exhibiting films. But I don't think a lot of our listeners or a lot of just general film viewers out there necessarily know the wider film industry business that is actually happening underneath film festivals at the same time. They're basically markets. You know, you have acquisitions, deals, and distribution rights happening. I was really interested, um, before we film this, to to learn about what happens at a film festival. So James and I have just sat down with Lucy Heath, who is a, uh, an actor and a writer who has produced several uh, short films, one of which has just been featured in the Tribeca Film Festival. Pragma. Uh, Pragma, yeah, that's that. thank you very much. Um, as I mentioned in the, the interview, you know, Tribeca is a, a very prestigious uh, American film festival that was set up by Robert De Niro and two other people. And it was really, we wanted to talk to Lucy to, to get that idea of what is it like from you know, her perspective as, as a filmmaker on the ground. So we sat down with Lucy, we've had a chat. 
I think you guys are going to find it interesting. It's a really new window into, you know, our perspective. We want to do an interview with something that I feel like would give a different insight to what you and I could offer because we don't work in the film industry, exactly. right? And I think this actually will really serve value for the people of you, like, the people who are listening, who love film, yeah. love TV, and want to know more about like the actual ins and outs of a, of a festival and what goes on. Exactly. So here is our first ever guest on Pulp Kitchen, Lucy Heath. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Pulp Kitchen. Thank you. First you, guest. You are our first Thank guest. Thank you. I feel incredibly honoured. And that sounded sarcastic, but I meant it. How are you? Oh, so deep. You got very serious. How are you? And I feel like I have to be incredibly vulnerable. You can be fine. Oh, I'm okay then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just to say fine. Are you okay? How do you yeah, two know each other? Oh, yeah. So We well, don't. Mel, <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Mel George. Mel on the street. <laughs> um, Lucy, do you want to ask that? I do. We went to school together. We did. And what was George like at school? I would say you're exactly the same. I would think you're exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, just like which is a forms. very good thing. Okay, yeah. I would say you are just the same. I haven't, the, you know, time hasn't taken its toll on me. Whereas just I had like thing. grills and a chain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're actually just boy yeah. Yeah. So, Lucy, why are you here? We know why you're here. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right, you're here. You're here because you um, yeah, <laughs> you're you're an, you're an actor and a writer, which is really cool. You're actually someone who's involved in films. We just talk about them. You do. do you actually like do basically? Them? We get incredibly nervous and annoyed by people like you because <laughs> we spend ages trying to make something, and then you guys come along and go, no, Shit. Yeah. "See that thing that's <laughs> yeah. Key, keyboard warrior just trash yeah. it," and we're like, "Oh." So sorry. Um, yeah. So you've, well, yeah, we wanted to speak to you because you have recently returned from the prestigious Tribeca Film Festival, which I is have. pretty cool. I mean, I think, I think Thank everyone's you. pretty, pretty impressed. pretty impressed with that Tribeca. Your support, uh, guys. Did you know Tribeca was started by Robert De Niro in 2002 with two other people? You've done your research. I love I, that. I know. I just have this in the back of my head. <laughs> it was started in 2002 as a post 9-11 way of regenerating that area of Lower Manhattan, which stands, Tribeca originally means the triangle below Canal Street. And I looked oh. at, yeah, Tribeca. Wait, why be below Canal, of course. Because it's below, I just, yeah, it's yeah. just this, and like Soho that took, in that New York. That took me a second like, to work out. <laughs> why is it below up? Canal Street? <laughs> yeah. And like Soho means South Houston, South of Houston Street, I think. And like, there's in New York, there's oh. those, those things. We this is really now a geography podcast. podcast doing this, right? Anyway, Lucy, sorry, you've been to the Tribeca Film been, Festival, yes. which is really cool because you took your film Pragma there, right? I did okay. take my film so Pragma there, first yes. question is, what, what is Pragma? What is that? So I guess now it's become a proof of concept short film for our series. But I think the initial intention with it was just to make a short film. Mm -hmm. But as I was writing it and, you know, I was working on it with Ellie Hayden, who's our director, and Phil Dunster, who was in it and our producer and we sort of all said we really want to make more of this so mm -hmm. now we're treating it as a proof of concept for the series but but it was it was you know actually we were there in two capacities at Tribeca we were there promoting the short and then we were also there pitching the series because we were invited to do I don't know if I'm skipping a question no just you go, go ahead flow. No, I'm not, <laughs> I there's, don't no, care. there's no schedule no structure <laughs> okay. just go for it Basically, we were asked to take part in something called the Creators Market, okay. which is 40 people from the festival are asked to pitch to industry professionals yeah. and Tribeca invite the industry professionals. We submit our pitch a few weeks in advance and then they pick who they want to meet and then you, like... <laughs> date them essentially <laughs> over the course of at least that's what I thought yeah. I've come back with six relationships <laughs> and now I have film. 20 boyfriends <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, basically we meet them all pitch ourselves and the show and, and other work um, yeah over the course of two days so actually we were there in two 
capacities. capacities. But okay. but for us, it ended up being that the Shaw aided the pitching. Okay. So you with that this, this proof of concept. That's a term <laughs> I'm new to, and I think yeah. like our listeners okay. will be as well. Like mm-hmm. I, by its name, I assume it's like, hey, this is an idea, a kernel yeah. of an idea. Do you want to make that into a yeah. film series? Well, what, what are, the, are those are the options? Yeah. Or anything really. I mean, people were there pitching podcasts. You could do any. We got um, James. Write this down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your competition. <laughs> um, so we met with a gaming company, to which I was like, why? <laughs> I have nothing to offer you. And he was like, you know, we could. No, that's what he said. He said, there's no way we could turn Pragma into a game. And I was like, so why are we here? Ah, <laughs> like, right. I have nothing else. I don't know who you think I am. But yeah, you could pitch. Uh, usually they're there to actually pitch a feature. Okay. So actually, actually strangely, this time it was a lot of series because that's seemingly where the mm. money is and where the interest is at the minute. Mm. But usually you'd make a short film to pitch it to get funding for your feature. Okay. So then you'd basically, what you do is you take the short to investors, so exec producers or networks or whoever or production companies and then you ask them to give you money yeah. to expand it. Right. So the... This is really valuable because like we were just saying before, film festivals, names like Cannes and Tribeca, we know what they are, but yeah. I feel like they're just dropped so often in interviews, yeah. press releases, trailers. And I don't actually think most people who even like us who are engaged in film yeah. genuinely know yeah, sure. what it's like what that whole process is. They know that you yeah. can like watch films. Though, yes. Yeah? Like, like an exhibited, but you can't just but the, the idea that the actual show business underneath it's happening. Yeah, so we have a we had a whole screening there that we weren't allowed to go to that was only for press. Okay. And so people, which isn't the case at other film festivals at all, but people there are looking essentially to find like the next whoever that's going to... So yeah. that's the difference between those kind of festivals and the more mid-level festivals, is that those festivals, industry people are sort of hunting you a bit mm. to find who's going to make the next big feature, who's going to make the next right. big series. So it's a different... That's why I think they stand out. That's why you'll have heard about them so much, because names you know will have gone, I had a film there because mm. we subbed it there, and then it got picked up by such and such, because that's where all the big, big like players go. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Just, I think, before we go any further as well, like, do you want to s- explain what the concept of Primer is? Is like what the, you know, the, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, sure. You know, there's proof of an idea. Yeah. What, is, what is the idea? So the idea is that you go to, there's a cohort of people that are rapidly approaching 30 or just past 30, that mythical, like, <laughs> age limit of where we should all have our lives, and especially, I think, our romantic relationships mm. sorted. And essentially, they go to this institute where they're algorithmically matched with an ideal partner, and then they have a 12-week intensive training program with Mm -hmm. their partner to learn how to be in a healthy relationship. And the premise is... It's, the, it's like the antidote to apps and sort mm. of like <clears throat> shows like the one and stuff that's, we'll find you your soulmate. The mm. premise is there's no such thing as soulmates. You could probably work with about 10% of the demographic that you're attracted to and we're going to train you how to be with them. Nice, like a boot camp. Like a, a love boot camp. Yeah, a love boot camp. Nice. That's exactly what it's like. Is it a 12... That would have been a lot quicker <laughs> if I just said that. You're welcome. I'll keep Put that, that on the poster. <laughs> yeah. Is, um, is it a 12-week program because that's also a 12-week se- series as well? Is that like in mind yeah, as well? Yeah, it's funny you say that actually because I just messaged my director earlier and I was like, I think it needs to be an eight-week program so we've only got eight episodes. <laughs> so I think we need to rethink the structure of the program. That's more expensive. Yeah, exactly. I was like, people are just going to miss four weeks of the night. Yeah. So can you talk about, did you like, you know, what happened at a tribe? Did anything, did you, are you allowed to talk about anything that happened like business-wise? or is Yeah, it all... yeah, I guess so. 
Yeah, it's, you know, it's a funny one is that in this industry, you think you're going to have the big meeting and then mm. that's when it all happens. Right, yeah. But you have about 20 <laughs> like big meetings. And yeah. after every, I always think, so we, me and my co-creator, Ellie, we were sort of working ourselves to the bone to get this pitch ready for Tribeca. Mm. And then when we got there, essentially it was a lot of like, hey, nice to meet you. All right, and we were yeah. like, no, no, we, we've actually rehearsed. Like, <laughs> <A> <laughs> we've whole got a 15 page document that we're ready to. And actually it's a lot of, especially in America, seem, yeah. it's just so chatty mm. and then they want to get to know you. And we sort of got told that, but I don't think we really believed mm. it. We thought we needed like the best product right. out there, but it felt much more like a getting to know you. So yeah. we, met with, we met with a ton of people. We met it was like Lionsgate and Netflix and AMC and wow. yeah, really great pe people. Yeah. But some of them, because we are, we've already sold our series mm. here and the production company we're with here don't want to do a collab with okay. the US, what we need is networks. Right. So, but they're now all waiting on me to finish the pilot. So okay. essentially it was, it, it became a bit of a, either getting to know you, can you hang on till I've got you, a really great pilot and yeah. then I'd like to meet you again. Or for those people that couldn't help with the series, mm. it was then, do you have any other ideas? And we got told about a day before they'll probably ask other ideas. Oh, <clears throat> so, so I just had to write up like some other ideas I've been working on and then just verbally pitch them. And we probably got asked by like five or six different companies to just verbally pitch these other ideas. Wow. So it, did, it felt, it was that's, amazing. It's brutal though as well. It was. It probably seems to you having like a lot of things in your back pocket just 100%. in case. You know, yeah. you almost don't want to turn up with one thing because no, you never know realized. if someone's thinking yeah. something yeah, very yeah, specific. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we just heard something like that. What else have you got? Yeah, yeah I got yeah. a horror. I got oh, a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a but they're Mission Impossible. That's what I've been looking for. Here's a million dollars. I'm sure there are Films that have been made out there that have been put together by that, by some as they're like being pushed out the door by going, um, it's Shakespeare in love, but it's in space. Say that again. <laughs> Say that again. A million dollars. Bring that man back here. They have to run back to the hotel and write it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll go get the script. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Running down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually what it was a bit like. I was like, and then I'll, I'll write it and I'll get it over to you. <laughs> and, then, and then I, that's when I was saying earlier about I got home and I realized I had a ton to do. It's because I pitched all these ideas I hadn't worked mm. on at all and made it sound like I really knew I was talking yeah. about oh I'm so glad this is gonna end <laughs> <laughs> and then I got home I was like no, I have so many ideas I need to write up now because I've promised them all do you find that you're better at writing and more creative if you have like a really hard deadline or are you better to have the space to just write yeah it's funny I would say space but everyone tells me you write better to a deadline don't you mm. like I think that's the assumption but I don't because then I feel then I go for the quick option and the quick mm. option like rather than sitting and thinking for an hour about what it could be if I'm in a stressed state then I go oh I don't have time I don't have time mm. to sit for an hour and think about it so I'll just put that and then inevitably you redo it like 12 mm. times because you're in a rush mm. yeah. so I think I definitely am better with the space but I'd say I I work a lot quicker, obviously, with a deadline, and I can whack it. I can whack something out if there's a deadline, but it's just never as good as if I mm. sit and think about it. I think you forget as a writer, or I always forget, you have to go and like for walks or take a lunch break or yeah. do something to think of the ideas. I think mm. sometimes I get lost in thinking that words on a page equal writing, mm. whereas actually, you know, percolating ideas mm. sat by yourself also equals mm. writing. Yeah. And I think that's easy to it's neglect. Almost like, it's like, 
I mean, I'm not a writer, but like, it's almost like you'll have to trick your brain into not thinking about it when it doesn't want to think about it. So yeah. that, when people have best ideas when they're like in the shower, exactly. at the gym, when they're not actively thinking about it. You know, when you're at school and they say the best tip is to read the whole exam paper first yeah. and then go back to the beginning yeah. your brain in the background. <laughs> yeah, I never got taught that. <laughs> 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 what are you talking about tip at school, John? You just wanted to Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <This is gold. laughs> yeah. Um, I was just thinking, when you were talking about like, it basically sounds like it's so much to do with chemistry and you know when you're actually chatting and that yeah. kind of like chemistry just when you're meeting someone it feels like is it fair to say that you know you're a performer on the screen but also like so much of it is you know performance in- engaging with people yeah. like you know out off camera you're trying to sell yourself yeah trying yeah. to sell yourself while you're Especially on the whole time yeah also because yeah. i'm british over there they're like oh my god you're crazy like, <laughs> i just said hello yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you they like it's it's yeah it, it felt actually lovely over there because mm. i think someone said something to me that um they immediately assume we're clever just by our accent <laughs> i was like really i could yeah. say anything <laughs> and so it was a night it was a very welcoming place yeah. like the people there were actually amazing but yeah for sure i think being an actor really helps in those environments because mm. i think if you if you don't have that capability to mm. get your idea across you could have the best idea ever but really people don't care because mm. actually there's so many people have amazing ideas so this is the conversation we had the other day because we like don't act professionally but like at school we were always acting at uni, uni were acting and i we were always like george was very good at george was very good everyone we've always said like <laughs> some of the most essential <laughs> skills you have is being able to stand up and communicate an idea yeah. to oh, more God, than one yeah. person and i think yeah. so many people are leaving school without that ability yeah, so you yeah, almost yeah. think it they should be like, the most important thing definitely. to do they're like top level ceos who yeah. who would like you know get stage fright remember that clip michael bay when he's on and he's on stage yeah michael bay yeah sorry for him um yeah Anyway, Paul Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Bay. We all feel sorry for Michael. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> Michael Bay. Did you um? Did you meet any like really cliche types that you were like, oh my god? When I got into the film industry, I I I'd heard of people like you, and you are you are here. Like yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think I think it's a funny one because if you get into the in like this industry. I don't know. I wouldn't say anyone's super normal. Because I don't yeah. I think I think what I realise more and more getting deeper into the industry mm. is that it's less and less friendly in a way, mm, or certain okay. things maybe that's too harsh, but it's more I find that creatives are often either self-deprecating mm. or arrogant. Oh, why? Okay. And there's, and I think, suits both. Yeah, yeah, and it suits both people that are really down on themselves mm. or people that think they're amazing. And mm. obviously, this, you know, the key is to find the middle ground. Mm. But I think people, you know, I have friends who are so unbelievably talented and they're so down on themselves. Mm. And then you come across people that are, you know, you are nothing to them. Mm. And, and then you just think, oh, what, like... I think something that I find unnerving, especially for actors that are just primarily actors, is do you have to be that way? Mm. Do you have to be ruthless to be successful? Yeah. And I don't think you do, no. but seemingly there's def- that's definitely a way in. And I know lots of successful people that aren't mm. like that at all, yeah. but um, there is an, there's an air. It does benefit people who are like believe their own hype so much that so many people start to. Yeah, exactly. Walking into them, because also, if you're walking into a room with people that you really admire, mm. 
you know, and you're walking in going, hey, I'm the dog's bollocks, doesn't yeah. matter. You're going to be much more impressive and better than if you walk in going like, I admire you so much. I, like, yeah, I'm yeah. so unworthy of being here. So yeah. those people will get the job. Ultimately, because we cast a lot. And when I'm looking yeah. to hire actors, I am thinking about who will be confident on set. Mm. And that is, and that's such a shame because they might also be, like, I wouldn't ever hire anyone I know to be a bit of a bellet. I'm swearing yeah. so much. Sorry. Yeah. So sorry. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was so tempted just to... Just yeah. 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 Too far. Too far, Lucy. Yeah. 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 Our American audience. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Carry on. But yeah, so I think, I don't know, it's... it's yeah, I, I have faith that you don't need to be that way, mm. but I can also see the value in... My, I go to therapy and my therapist always says to me, inflate your ego when you need to, because mm. I used to really struggle with being in those spaces and not... Mm like metaphorically and literally taking the mic and sort mm. of saying like, hey, this is who I am. I'd go in being like, okay, if, if someone asks me, then I'll answer. Mm. Like then yeah. I'll, if someone shines a light on me, then I'll take up space. Mm. Whereas unfortunately you have, you have to demand the yeah. light because everyone else is demanding mm. the light, the mic, whatever metaphor you want to use. So you kind of have to go in with that attitude when you're in those spaces. And then I think no to then obviously not be like that with your friends. I think, <laughs> but I think also like that, not only is in the film industry, but also like just in general in wider life as well. Like mm. we work like the three of us kind of in different places. And I, I come across people and I'm like, okay, you've made like a conscious decision to like be an ass or be mm. nice. And I feel like it's like, like the tortoise and the hare. It's like the people who've like mm. doubled down and go, you know what, I'm going to be an ass. Like, so okay, true. you'll go far, mm. but only, f but, but the, the people who are nice and the tortoises, they'll get further, Longevity. just longer. Yeah, yeah that was literally sure. the entire TV industry. Like so I came from yeah. a TV background and basically most of the people that move on to different jobs really just want to work with either the people they worked with before who they like and trust and don't have to retrain and re-establish a relationship with yeah. or people who they just like know are good yeah and like my first ever job like you don't have any skills like you start as a runner and you're <laughs> speak gonna, for yourself you're literally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James you're, I've been telling you this for years <laughs> yeah. so like you have nothing you know you're just gonna be making teas but like the person who hired me for my first TV job was like you just seem like a nice guy I wouldn't yeah, mind spending yeah. 12 hours with yeah. this TV studio mm. and that's genuinely half, mm. half of it yeah or you go in going, hey, I'm this, this, and this. Yeah. Yeah. And for some people, they'll love that because then you seem really competent and confident. Yeah. There's that element when people are applying for jobs, like usually like entering mid-level positions, where if you go in and you're like, oh my God, yeah, please, I'm, I have yeah. this experience, please hire me, I'm, I'm going to be so good for you, versus the people that are, or maybe yeah. people who are a few years later on in the career are like, yeah, I'm interested to hear about what the job mm. is, here's what I do, here's what value I provide, versus like, Please fund my movie. Yeah. The, the art of bullshit. Is that, is that where we're putting <laughs> yeah. it? Like, yeah. it's, it, you have to have a degree it's a little it, like a little bit, yeah. and then you can dial up and down. Um, I was gonna ask, uh, did you have any like fun? Did you like bump into anyone famous? Did you like you know have a fun time? Did you go to a party? <laughs> were you you Robert De Niro just being like, oh my, you know, he was he like, I love your work, and you're yeah. like, Bob, yeah, we hooked I got no time. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm busy. We hooked up. It was weird. We'll see you in the Daily Mail in a few <laughs> yeah. days, and this hey. will blow up. Thank you for the numbers for breaking. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, I mean, Tribeca is quite a starry. Do you know? Do you know? Like they have. I mean, I haven't been, but no. I know. But I know <laughs> it's great. Know. I know it's yeah, prestigious. Yeah, so yeah. they have their like features, mm. and if people get saying you have to get invited to the feature after party. That's where the celebs are. And I was like, how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one's inviting me. <laughs> but apparently, that's where the like wild parties were. Right. But we are obviously the short section. To be honest, we did go to one party where Jared Leto just like was standing it was like a big um one of the top agency parties oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so there was like 
Yeah, Jared Leto is there and Sarah Barelli. You all know her. Sarah Barelli. She's a singer. Sarah, Sarah Barelli. No. Sarah Borellius. Borellius. Oh, Borellius. Yeah, why not? I'm not going to run. I'm so sorry, Sarah, if you're listening. Sarah Borellius. I thought it was like Borellius. I took all the consonants out. I was like, Borellius. Sarah Borellius, yeah, yeah. Well, you turned up, and obviously in that environment, you are irrelevant. You think in your head, that's really cool to be at this like exclusive party. But then we got there, and obviously everyone was just like talking to themselves yeah. and and the drinks were really expensive and you couldn't get served so we yeah. honestly left 10 minutes later oh wow okay <laughs> yeah because we were like well, what, why are we here oh yeah <laughs> like they in your head you think oh they're all gonna want to party with me yeah jared why are you talking yeah. to me <laughs> yeah let's talk about our next film together jared <laughs> and then, then like take a picture with someone else famous and then go yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. well you can't like do you can't do any of That's that right. no. so, yeah, so yeah. it was sort of it felt i felt like this is really cool do you know what i did have which is funny is i went there was like a football thing and I made friends with this guy um, who was so nice. And he was like, oh, come to my screening later. Mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, 100% win it. And then because of the jet lag, it got his screen was at 9.45, which was like 3 a.m. or something our time. So I just was like, oh, I actually can't hack it. I'll go to another mm. one. And then and then on his Instagram the next day, I saw that the lead in his film is um, Amanda Siegfried. Nice. And he and he was and she was there with him. And then Steven Spielberg was also there oh. at the screening. <laughs> <laughs> because his daughter had a short in that block and they were all there. And He's like, pitches. who wants to fund the film? I'll do one film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in a generous mood. <laughs> you win a car. Lots of generous You win a Look under your seat. It's a contract. Yeah. So I was oh. honestly like, I myself oh, yeah. i couldn't believe can't say that. no to any opportunity honestly yeah. and that's why i thought but because we had that these we had 14 pitches to do while we were out there so oh, it was super so it wary of, it was really not everyone has that that was just because mm. we were part of the thing the creators market but yeah so we were wary of not being exhausted before mm. those pitches because ultimately that's the thing that's going to advance our career more than you know the yeah. new singer amanda seafried although obviously that would have been amazing <laughs> But yeah, we actually had a few celebs come to our screening as well, which was really cool. cool. Do you know Kaylee Kuko from Big yeah, Bang yeah. Theory? Yeah, the flight attendant. The flight attendant? <laughs> I was like, no, no, actress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was like, hey, Um And then, do you watch Ozark? Oh, we know of it, know of it, yeah. Uh, the latest season, he plays Linda Linney's brother in it. He's amazing. Laura Linney. And she is too. She's actually an actress. <laughs> <laughs> the Laura Linney sisters in it as well. Linda and Laura. Great, yeah. great double act. Uh, I want to know. alliteration. I want to know, know who that is, but. <sighs> I need to. His name is Ben. His character's name is Ben and his actual name is Ben. I can't think of his name, but he's a phenomenal actor. So Famous you should just Ben's look quickly. Screaming at us right now. And have you seen Girls? Yeah. Really, I should have remembered these. That's names. okay. Sophia. Who were they playing girls? Yeah. No, it's her name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Social Mammoth. Social Mammoth. So yeah. she was there and she yeah. came up to us afterwards and was like, please, can I be in the series and stuff? Which was obviously amazing. Uh, F, yes. And yeah. I told my agent, she was like, we'll take, we'll take that very seriously. Can you contact her? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't know if it was just a comp. It was more yeah, of like yeah. a passing. Oh, I didn't get her <laughs> details. <laughs> we, we were saying the other day about how the Safdie brothers had an experience like that for um, Not Uncut Gems. Good, uh, good time. time. Yeah, yeah. Robert Patterson saw their film before Good Time was like, I love your work. I want to be in whatever project you're doing next, like whatever money works. And they were like, are you serious? Because if you because are, we'll have, we'll have a script for you in two weeks. Yeah. And then they did and followed through. And that's why oh Robert Pattinson's in good time. Well, to be yeah. fair, we are going to reach, like we are taking it seriously and yeah. we are going to reach out to her and there is a part that she could play. But does that mean she'll be playing in the British 
version we're doing, you're doing yeah, here. Yeah, but we're trying to sell it to America right. as well so, as the okay, UK. So you put her in it, sells it to an American audience. Yeah, so. it does. But okay. also, because we have the Ted Lasso people attached, yeah. they love Ted Lasso in America. Yeah. So that's kind of also helping with that. I was going to ask about that because yeah. uh, before we arrived, we'd obviously, we watched Pragma and we loved it. It was great. Loved Thank it. You. Really good. Um, Thanks, and guys. Obviously, when the credits are rolling, you've got you and then uh, executive producer. And the executive producer we've always talked about is like a strange mythic like title. Yeah. Yeah. It can sometimes mean people are involved or not involved. So obviously you've got loads of people on there, Jason Sudeikis as well. Like you're yeah. talking about. So like, if you want to tell us, you yeah. don't have to, but like, how does an executive producer work, at least in this context? What I would say in this context is it sounds much <laughs> like bigger than it is. Can I, get, can I guess? Is it- Oh, go for is it. Because it, <laughs> maybe I'm completely wrong. Is it like, Jason Sudeikis hears about this project and he goes, that sounds great. I want to support it. I have no time to do it. I, I, I have no you know, uh, finances to, 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 to support that particular project. But what I will do as a named bit of talent, I will throw my name in it. So when you, you can put that on the post and you can sell that in to get funding. Is that right? It's semi, he gave us money okay, as right, well. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he definitely. So basically we did a Kickstarter campaign. Do you yes. know all that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and essentially to get an exec producer, you could pay a thousand pounds for an exec producer credit uh, okay wow <clears throat> and phil dunster sent it he made the kickstarter campaign it was really good and he sent it to all the ted lasso team saying does anyone want to support Fantastic. and then we sent like the script and the pitch and everything yeah. as a package and then actually loads of them oh, you know gave us cool. yeah it was amazing they must get like a hundred of those a month yeah right, as and well. we That's had really cool. no mm. idea he was going to do that wow. so he just it wasn't like phil didn't ask it was mm. such an act of generosity because mm. obviously with his name attached wow. i it's like yeah. changed completely changed the game for us wow. and meant that way more people wanted to get involved you know it was it was amazing yeah. and obviously he gave us some money that's brilliant yeah i mean i, I wasn't saying it in like a cynical way I just you know because the way that the industry yeah, works, yeah. But yeah that's amazing yeah yeah and we should say if people you know um I mean, there is no way f to watch your proof of concept at the moment, obviously. No, I guess, not it's, yet, it's a, yeah. like a transactable asset. But uh, Nick Mohammed as well from Ted Lasso yeah. is in it as well. And Intelligence. I, have you seen Intelligence with Nick Mohammed? No. I no, really like it. I like it. David Schwimmer. Well. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. He writes it. Yeah, Nick Mohammed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. It's so quick. Yeah. It's got, and um, David Schwimmer's so comic, comic ability. David Schwimmer's properly underrated. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's really rated at the time. He's rated at the time, but yeah. since then, yeah. he's like. But he went into directing, didn't he? Because he directed Madagascar. He did. Did you direct Madagascar? Yeah. The, I think the second one. Did oh, he? Or is that wrong? Oh, okay, let's be honest. I couldn't have told you who the director of Madagascar <laughs> was. That's the I thing. Think, I, he was in it as the giraffe. But, I know, but um, I feel like he directed the second or Madagascar. maybe that third one. Okay, okay, well, let's just see. So Madagascar 1, directed by Tom McGrath and Eric Dernal, followed Whatever. by Madagascar Escape 2, Africa, which was... Come on, come on. It was really directed by Tom McGrath and Eric Dano. <laughs> Let's see oh, if it was the third three. one. Let Let's see if it was Madagascar. What about the Penguins film? Do you, know, do you know how many people I've told this fact? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've never checked guys, it. Guys, David Schwimmer. He's so he good, just... guys. Okay, <laughs> Animation's his vibe. Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. What are we saying, guys? <laughs> it's not it's it. It's Tom McGrath and Eric Dano again. Take a bow, Tom Mate, and Eric. If it ain't broke, don't fix oh, it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Why um, did he direct then? David, David Schwimmer directed Run, Fat Boy, Run, which had Simon oh, Pegg. Did he? Yeah. Run, Fat Boy, Run. Yeah. That felt so British. Yeah, he, he loves it. He lives, because he, he's got family over here, I think. He, <laughs> <laughs> you know James. Yeah. yeah. No, he has, he has, he's got family over here, I'm sure. Okay. That's why, uh, and he also directed, I think, this thing called like, the, big, the Big Pill with Simon Pegg. I don't know what he's done recently. I'm sure he would have directed some TV as well, but. <laughs> he what? probably would have. What the fuck directed. am I talking to you guys? Get David <laughs> in here. Yeah. 
Yeah. I wonder if he wouldn't direct TV, you know, because I feel like... Wants to break away. Well, no, I feel like TV has become sort of like a writer's medium. And mm. if you're a big yes. director... I don't know. And like, no, there's yeah. a lot of serious money being thrown around. Like Ben Stiller doing Severance, like that's his yeah. director. Yeah. Thing. But then also like, it's... You say that, but then like, Zach Braff does a lot of Ted Lasso, right? Just hit. Uh, let me do that again. Should we do that again? And you just pretend like you know the answer. <laughs> Not yeah. that you'll remember. You'll go on the podcast. You're like, guys, David Schwimmer. I know. Directed Shindersmith. I swear oh, to God, like, guys. Uh, don't yeah. Google it. Amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, don't Google it. Yes, Zach Braff does a lot of uh, Ted Lasso directing. I was like, oh, that makes sense because he's come from a massive you yeah. know, successful sitcom and he can apply that, but... Can I ask you yeah. how you got to where you are now and what you do now as a writer director? Because like I work in production, don't although I'm oh, sorry, don't no, direct. That's quite right. um, like what I do is yet. obviously very different. Yet? But, like, yet, don't direct yet. I don't know. I don't know if I'm organised now. Carry on. <laughs> like, what I do is very different. But like when yeah. I speak, when I was certainly trying to get into production, when mm -hmm. I speak to people now, every single person who does a million different things never has the same story for how they, they got, got to where it. what they're doing. Yeah. I find it's really frustrating if you're like, I want to be a writer, or I want to yeah, shoot, or yeah. I want to direct, and there's no clear degree to do, there's yeah, no clear huh. post mm -hmm. thing to do, there's no. It's a lot of like nepotism and who you know, yes. and like this random conversation you had. But like in like without taking, you know, telling a life story, like yeah. how did you get to where you are? So when I left drama school, I just could not get in any audition rooms. So we'd been told, you know, you're going to get rejection, you're going to get rejection. But I couldn't get any auditions. Like I just would not get in the room. And I think I'd, I was, I had about three over two years, huh. which is insane um and so then i and then i was seeing these short film scripts come through that you know i could go and do if i wanted to or whatever and i just was like do you know what i've, I've always sort of written for fun mm. i was doing the soho theater writing yeah. course at the time i was like let me just try and write myself a short and then at least i've got showreel footage so then i made my first film better and then which was directed by michael j ferns and he's won a bafta mm. and we sort of met through a mutual friend and he was like, hey, I'll direct it. And I was like, okay, well, now I've got a BAFTA-winning director attached to my That's it, it's like a conversation. Yeah, yeah. film. And then basically everyone then sort of wanted to work on that hmm. because we had that name attached. And then I thought, great, we made the film. I've got showreel footage. Now I'll obviously yeah. be an incredibly successful actor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it yeah. works. And then I buy thought, the house. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> buy the house, I'm sorted. Yeah. And then we made the film and then essentially... It did really well in the festival run. We won the Iris Prize. It's an LGBTQ film, and we, it, that's like the biggest LGBTQ prize you can win. And yeah, so we won that. Then because of that, we were then on Apple TV and on Channel 4, like the, sh the short film was. And then essentially, still nothing happened in mm. my acting career. Still couldn't get any rooms. Wow. At, like at all and so I was like well that went really well so yeah. I'll just keep doing that yeah. then because that and then it gave me agency and it was fun and you know and so then I wrote Pragma literally just from the same thinking of oh, I don't want to sit around again and mm. I've always done voiceovers and that's always fun but just yeah so then basically made Pragma and then Phil obviously was in Ted, but at the time when basically Phil and I really wanted to make a short film together again, just something to do, yeah. like let's see what happens. And then and Ted wasn't a, like a, really a thing at the time. And then basically I was like, hey, I've written this. We were like what, bouncing ideas around, mm. and then I went and wrote this script. Um, 
And then he was like, oh, should I get, you know, should I ask like Nick if he wants mm. to do it? And again, like Ted Lasso was not big at yeah. this point. So it felt a, like much more casual than it was. Mm. And then essentially we we're like, okay, great. Let's see who else wants to get involved. Obviously then Jason Sudeikis came on board and we were yeah. like, right (laughs) and then Nick was on board and then we had Hannah Waddingham do the like Mm. read through and so we recorded that and used that to pitch and then we had a bunch of other people give us money and suddenly it kind of snowballed because of these names obviously pure nepotism Um, and then essentially I was like oh okay well let me just like I've never had these doors open to me Mm. as an actor but as a writer particularly a female writer people are going hey like you know companies that I would only dream of sort of working with as an actor were going Lucy we'd love to meet you we've heard you're doing this and suddenly every door was open and then I made my other short film with um my boyfriend Tyler Conti we wrote it together The Painter and the Poet that's nearly about to be out and basically while we were then focusing on that everything sort of was snowballing with Pragma and then it got picked up as the series and then and so then that became kind of my full-time job was was making that and then and then now I just I'm writing a bunch of ideas because I have these contacts all of a sudden it's an amazing answer and that's exactly why I asked because it's it's just only like how you got into it and it's like one of the most frustrating things but also like there you go it's like based on a conversation or like so many things just happening as a mesh together at once yeah it was such yeah it felt like three years of going like how does everyone do this industry and then one thing happened I do maybe not one thing actually you know birds eye view it but actually it suddenly just felt like I just don't know. It felt amazing. Loads of people were just mm. excited. And I met so many very, like, brilliant, hardworking people that wanted to do it. It's also quite common for actors who've, you know, not found it easy to go through that whole audition yeah. process who just go, right, no one is writing parts for me, whether it's from how they look or their background or yeah. anything. They just go, I'll just write the parts yeah. about my life or I'll write something that it's I really want to do. Yeah. And, like, if you're lucky, like, it's mm. good enough and someone wants to do it. Yeah. And that's how so many people have, have come through. Yeah. What do- form does it take? Is it like a series of... Like, where, where are you? So there's like... <laughs> there. What is like- you like take over lots of different cinemas in Manhattan oh, and there's yeah. features showing and then there's shorts blocks. So there's, I think there's six or seven short blocks. And so there's six or seven short films within each block. And is it quite fun? Because like everyone from the industry is there, and I guess you're like taking over that side of town. Yeah, and everyone's like seeing each other. Yeah, and there's and so much out. social stuff. There's yeah. a, you know there's networking things every day. So that was the only issue is that then you sort of had to choose the networking overseeing stuff uh, because they were, it was all on it because there was so much going on, which was amazing. But it felt like maybe we should prioritize getting to know people yeah. because yeah. They, we, they can always send us a link. You know, yeah, five minutes. So that's, that's what we it. did. Link, yeah, yeah, we'd go and meet a lot of people and then say, hey, we're not going to have time to see your film. Can you send us a link? And then we'll watch that link and stuff. Yeah. I saw yeah. A, you put something on your story where you were like, I'm in Robert De Niro's office, but I don't think he's ever been here. Oh, Wait, yeah. Was that? <laughs> to be fair, that was that was us pitching. We did pitch to his production company. Yeah. Oh, right. Which yeah. is called? Tribeca Productions. That makes sense. There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Imaginative Bob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got the domain name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was there, to be fair. Yeah. On the awards ceremony, he was, like, handing out this award. Obviously, we did not win, but he, but he was there. So. You wouldn't be here if you had. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you'd be old news yeah. to me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was quite cool to see him, yeah, like, over there. in the flesh. Wow, Bob, how's he doing? Is he all right? Yeah, we got on well. Bob Nero. He's Bob though in the industry. He is Bob. Isn't he? They I'm all sure. call him Bob. Yeah. We went to this lunch and the w- a woman read out this thing saying, oh, Bob's sorry he couldn't come. And we were like... <laughs> 
that is so gutting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Don't just come in place of Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Obviously, we'd rather Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love it if you came in here being like, you know, me and Bob De Niro. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Robert, <laughs> Robert. De Niro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all call him Bob now. <laughs> yeah. Us in the bit. Us in the bit. <laughs> so, Lucy, another thing I wanted to ask. Now you are our first guest on Pop Kitchen. Over the course of the previous, you know, however many episodes, we've been sort of asking ourselves questions like, you know, what are underrated actors? What are underrated movies? What are great movie openings, great movie endings? And we've asked a lot of questions. Are like people we, writing with their wives? Yeah. And yeah. I, would interested, I was interested to know what your thoughts are on some of them. So could I ask you, no pressure okay. right now. Boom, boom, I'm sorry, boom, yeah, boom. I'm feeling um, pressure. Do you have like a favorite scene in a film? We did one where it's like films that have that one great scene. Yes, and I refer to it just actually all the time. Which is okay. really boring, actually. It's been on a ton of other ones. We talk about like the same <laughs> done... seven films. Yeah. <laughs> did, uh, did David Trimmer direct this one? Yes, yeah. he did. In and Madagascar. Bob made it with Harvey. Yeah. Yeah. In Madagascar 2. Yeah. When the when penguins. When David was <laughs> over. Um, and the never camera living just... <laughs> yeah. Good kid. Um, it's in Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Great. And Saoirse Ronan goes, she gives that speech mm. about being a woman and wanting to yeah. be independent and but still not wanting to be alone. And what does it mean to be mm. independent? And honestly, I just think it it's like obviously a period piece, but it epitomizes like femininity for me. Mm. And I think it's it's that idea of of you can have it all, but the reality is you can't and you want to follow your career and maybe you want a family and maybe you want all those things at once. And it's, and I, I just think she delivers the speech so incredibly beautifully and I just cry every time I yeah. watch it. And I think like, wow, that paragraph could not relate to how I feel more about my fears of womanhood, mm -hmm. of wanting to succeed in my career, but not wanting to be 50 and not have a family. Wow, that's brilliant. I, I, I love Little Women a lot. Oh, and I know that scene. Film, she says yeah. something like, I want to paddle my own canoe. And then she yeah. says, like, as she's like breaking, she says, like, but I'm so lonely. Yeah. She goes, yeah. And, she goes and women have hearts yeah. and they have minds yeah. and they have blah, blah, blah. And she like, lists all the things that women have. And it's so, like, obviously for that era, yeah. you know, so revolutionary to be like, we have all mm. these assets to us and we're so multifaceted and that's so overlooked, particularly in film. Mm. And I think it, like, yeah, just that whole, I was like, wow. I think so much of my childhood was feeling frustrated about being a woman and not understanding mm. where my frustration necessarily always came from from and then in that speech i was like you have just epitomized my childhood frustration of, of being a woman mm. or my m maybe my like young 20s rather than six like oh one day i'm gonna have to have kids mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a brilliant answer i love i love that film how many times have you seen that James? once just the once, once but i'm Get like desperate oh, really i think nice. it's a, i think it's now a christmas Classic. Yeah, it's got that perfect kind of like rose tint, yeah. cozy living room. Style. Oh, love yeah, it. it's Bethan. beautiful. Oh, yeah. love it. So well acted. Brilliant. I mean, also even like, Emma Watson, guys. I know. Hey, yeah, she's she really, really up to A lot of people pull out the Florence Pugh speech as well when she's in the gallery, yeah. and she's like, you know, I want to. Florence Pugh is just phenomenal. Oh, I mean, I think without fun. her, that part wouldn't have been as enticing. That's a really good point. Yeah, yeah I, I think she makes that part, like, again, she makes that part so multifaceted and layered and mm. ex exciting to watch, again, as a woman. I'm sure, for, you know, there's an audience mm. for men as well, but just that idea of, 
of, of being, well, I'm going to play the game then. Mm. You know, it, the modern version of that is whether you get freaking Botox or whether you do, <laughs> that's the modern equivalent of like, okay, I know that I'll probably have greater value in society the better looking I am. And, the, you know, especially as an actor, I think so many of my friends, this is such, so tangential, but, you know, do, do you get Botox just to get those younger parts? Because they're more lucrative. There's more on mm. offer for you if you can, yeah. if you can stay looking young. And her character has that, but obviously set in whenever yeah. it's set, I can't remember. Eight, 1800s. <laughs> it's the 1860s. It's during the Civil War, right? Sure. That <laughs> we're English. We don't know when the American Civil War was. Yeah, we know exactly. what happened. I'm just saying like Timothy Chalamet puffy shirt. That's my reference. Yeah, I'm in. Like, period piece. Yeah, I'm in. yeah old. Are you um are you excited to see Barbie? That's Greta Gerwig's next film. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You've seen the Ryan Gosling image with the peroxide blonde yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually have a friend who's one of the Barbies in it. Oh my god. Yeah, so she's given me all the goss. Oh, wow. She said that Greta Gerwig is so nice. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So uh, so nice. Greta Gerwig is my like dream. She's she's fantastic. I, yeah. I Lady Bird yeah. is just one like I just I just think have you ever heard her speak on a yeah. podcast or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. She used this word cubist once. She was like, it's incredibly cubist. And she was like talking about, <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about little women. I literally wrote it down, like use that. Yeah. Word. yeah. <laughs> cubist. <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you write is how it literally yeah, wrote it. Yeah. Cubist, cubist, cubist. <laughs> um, fantastic. Okay, as normal, let's finish with the game. Um, but I'm very happy that our guest can actually join us this week for this. So Lucy, too, guys. we're going to play a game <laughs> called Castless Countdown. Okay. okay. So I'm going to read out members of a film cast to you in, yes. in a random order. That they might be big in the film, they might be small in the film. And you have to try and guess what the film is before I run out of yes, the cast. Yes, I've seen okay? you guys Don't do worry, this. I'm rubbish. Okay, good, good. <laughs> let's see what we got. Okay, I've got a couple. Uh, one I've just put in there completely just to screw you. Great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you for being so welcome. <laughs> it's really confusing because the first actor that's usually mentioned is like a really small part, ninth billing, yeah, and then you yeah. just fixated well, of course, on, on that yeah. actor. So um, I'm going to go with this film. So ready? Yeah. Guess the film based on the actor. <laughs> I'm so nervous. In three. Sorry. <laughs> Guess the film based on the cast in three, two, one. Bill Camp. Oh fuck you! <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Li Lindsay Duncan, Andrea Riseborough. Oh God, come the other day. Naomi Watts. Impossible. Amy Ryan. Who's how day? She's very good. What's her name? A lot of things. Zach Halifanakis. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, and Naomi Watts. Oh, the Birdman. Yes. Oh. Hey. The Birdman. The Birdman. Sorry. The Birdman of Alcatraz. <laughs> the Birdman. <laughs> She is like his uh, yeah, mistress. Fans, yeah, yeah, right. she's brilliant. Uh, she's British. You, uh, she's, yeah, she's British. Yeah, that's British. right. I did an event once where I had to take her parents up to the green room and they were lovely. Oh, that's good. They were really good. nice. That's yeah. a fun anecdote. Yeah, they were really nice. Yeah. Um, you all, I was also going to say after that, Edward Norton, Emma Stone, and then Michael Keaton. Okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Number two. <laughs> um, guess the cast. No. Guess the movie. <laughs> Based on its cast, okay? Yeah. In three, two, one. Idris Elba. The Dark Tower. Charlie's Theron. Jungle Book. Rafe Spall. Sean Harris. Thinking about Mission Impossible? Logan Marshall Green. Mad Max? Numi Rapace. Oh. That's Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Girl with the no. Face Tattoo? Two more. Guy Pierce. Oh, Prometheus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done, yeah. 
<laughs> I would not blame you. Prometheus. And George gets them his eyes like so that's, that's actually, that's one all at the moment for that you guys. Is, is okay. By the way, George isn't crazy. He says the start how to play the game at the beginning of each one for TikTok. Oh. Yes. So we can break so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he knows Hi, this is, I'm George. This is how you play He's the like, game. Okay, so what you have to do... <laughs> I get it, George. I'm not stupid. Stop patronising me. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, okay, I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if you've seen this one. This is from, yeah, all right. Throw it back. I haven't seen it. Catherine Zeta. Oh no! Wait. Okay. Chicago. <laughs> guess, <laughs> yeah. the guess the movie. <laughs> yeah. By its cast. Guess the movie by its cast in three, two, one. Catherine Zeta Jones. Zorro. Chicago. Zorro. That's a throw. Ocean's Twelve. Alec Baldwin. I like that guess though. Thank Alec you. Baldwin. Notting Hill. <laughs> he, he is in Notting Hill. Very good. Oh, you're welcome. Mary J. Blige. Goodness. What? This is a rogue mix-up. Brian Cranston. What? Oh, I'm not. It's going to be an old film. Paul Giamatti. Oh, no, no, not Eli Godzilla. Roth. Eli Roth. Malin Ackerman. And finally, Tom Cruise. Do you, Ooh, have, you have that? Is it an action I'm going to do because you were so perplexed. I'm going to run through it again. again. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Alec Baldwin, Mary J. Blige, Brian Cranston, Paul Giamatti, Mary Eli Roth, Malin Ackerman, Is it a film Tom with Cruise. Cars in? I, I, that's not the game, I'm afraid. It's not the guest of the movie. Let's uh, play a new guys, game. you lost. <laughs> it, is, it is Rock of Ages from 2012. Oh, no. oh Russell Brand. Yeah, Russell, oh, if you said, oh, yeah. yeah. said Tom Cruise, Russell Brand, I would have got it. I, I would thought have Meryl Streep was it. in Rock of Ages, but I'm now thinking of something else, aren't I? Yeah, I think she was are. in another rock. That's, a that's weird. Mickey in the Flash. That is. is that in Tom Cruise's comedy career when he did Tropic Thunder yeah. around about that, the same time? And then he was time. like, I oh, fuck this, I want to climb the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise was in Tropic Thunder? Yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's Les Grossman in the suit, you know. The producer with the massive Literally forearms. Literally step back and he's got his bald face. with glasses, yeah. Oh, that's his only like comedy. Like, yeah. I only just registered. Yeah. Welcome and to the Walter's film. film. It's great. This film, I would doubt you guys have seen it or even heard of it, but the cast list is pretty stacked, so I'm going to read it out, okay? Guess this random movie. <laughs> it's a completely random movie. Guess this random movie. Are you going to talk over me or should I get to, <laughs> Can I do a clean intro for TikTok? We're playing our own game now, George. You're not the master get, of us. Get, guess this really random movie based on its amazing cast list. Okay? okay. In three, two, one. Amanda Seyfried. Hello, Jennifer's Body. Go, Mamma Mia. Topher Grace. Uh, uh, win a date with Tad Hamilton. Uh, I like the way you think, James, but no. Catherine <laughs> Heigl. 27 Dresses. No, but I like the think. Is it, Diane Keaton. Uh, it is like a wrong... The Ugly like, Truth? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ben Barnes. Um, Susan Sarandon. The Stepmother. No. Robin Williams. Oh. It's, it's a good cast. Okay, oh, last of all... Williams. It's like a Love Actually vibe, isn't it? it yeah, is. like as in lots of Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. And the last one is Robert De Niro. It's not Valentine's Day. Oh, no, not the one with... New Year's I think Day. One with... No, it's like a... Like... Is it one with Anne Hathaway, the intern? No, no. It's, no, it came out in 2013. It's like a, t a ton not, of vignettes. But it's not about a day. Oh, it is about a day, but it's not about like yes. one of those day films. But is it like, like yeah. Um... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through them one more time and then I'm going to have to tell you. Amanda Seyfried, Topher Grace, Catherine Heigl, Diane Keaton, Ben Barnes, Susan Sarandon, Robin Williams, Robert De Niro. I just keep imagining Catherine Heigl at, like in an office. <laughs> yeah, this isn't an office set. Is it like one of Robin Williams' last roles? Did he, did he die? He yeah, what? I would say it's about, about a year, two years before he died. Yeah, all, everyone, 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 everyone on the cover's like, but... ah. Okay, it's a film I've not seen, I don't think anyone talks about, called The Big Wedding. 
No, we never. Oh, exactly. I think I have seen it. Because I no, well, I did. <laughs> did you have food poisoning my, for that yeah, one as well? Yeah. All sorts of like trashy rom coms I've seen at some point and then don't really remember them because I like I have them on when I pack or like when I yeah <laughs> specifically packing. But when I'm doing any sort of like cleaning, I mm. put any like rom com on all the time. Cast ones. That's a yeah. that's a good cast. That's, that's a great that's cast. Very good cast. All right, last one. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Guess the movie based on its cast in three, two, one. Brian Cranston. Godzilla. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Elliot Gould. John Hawkes. Great actor. Lawrence Fishburne. This is painfully embarrassing. He's in Godzilla too. Marion Cotillard. Oh my God, what cast? Oh my God. <laughs> Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Kate Winslet. What is this cast? And the last one, Jude Law. Oh, Contagion. Yeah. Yes. Well done. The holiday. The holiday. <laughs> the holiday. <laughs> yeah. I love it when Elliot Gould and Lawrence Fishburne turn up on the holiday. Contagion since March 2020 has been in the top 10 of yeah, the iTunes films. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. For two you know, to three years. I, yeah. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it. I've not seen it either. I lived it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more of a documentary it. to me now. <laughs> it's it's not amazing. It's very like uh, dry and realistic. It doesn't yeah. like try to, to to turn anything up right. to eleven. It's the kind grading of like, is super. Like, yes, it's very like green. sickly and yeah. green. Um, I, I don't say run out and see it because we've no. all just yeah we've all yeah. just. Lived I remember it. seeing the trailer. This is the thing with like Soderbergh stuff though, especially at that point just before he retired. Yeah, where it was like loads of oh we're gonna get loads massive cast list and you're gonna bring them all in and it's like huh. Yeah. And then we go away again, and yeah. that I guess that was more of a time where, like, way fewer films were. I guess it's not even that long ago, but fewer films were being made, so more celebs would turn up, like a list cast would turn up in the same film. Well, it's, 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 two it's, weeks of filming, and that's yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Well, now it's like that's get a ensemble cast. Yeah. Like Marvel feels like that's big celeb or like TV. They're even going yeah. to now. Come in for one week and we're here, one week there. Yeah, do your little bits like I'll six mini movies in one. Yeah. I, I always wondered how they do, like, you know, those Valentine's Day films. Yeah. Like Bradley Cooper. Yeah, exactly. And, like, everyone's in it. But uh, the appeal will be a massive fee for a week's yeah. filming. I, don't, I, I heard that they all get a percent of the film. Oh, wow. And that's, that's why they do it. So oh, they do wow. it for very cheap money that they own stake in the movie. I just want to tell well, people all to... All of them negotiate well, the same I, I, I don't know for sure. I've heard yeah. that's how these things are. With all the different. information that's been thrown out this week, <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, and please Dave, verify that independently. Yeah, and David Schwimmer actually... Directs <laughs> all of them. Yeah, he, he's the bank account that follows <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, look, that's the end of the game. So, Lucy, thank you for playing. Thank, thank you for you. being so coming. So yeah, this has been a wonderful uh, time to have you here. And um, that's it for this week, right? Oh, thank you so much. We're doing our outro now. Let's do our outro now. Okay. Do I look somewhere? No, you could just be there. You look so rehearsed. You can say goodbye if you want. All of a sudden, Bye. we're like, okay. okay James, 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 what is it? James, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. Don't forget, we post new episodes of the show every single Wednesday. Uh, we also have loads of stuff on Instagram and TikTok all the time. Just loads of stuff on the channel coming out, not just you know the main episodes. Lucy, where can people find your stuff? Are yes. You on socials? Yes. Yeah. What is my I don't know. Silver Rose, you can find Silver Rose Productions Silver on Rose Instagram. Silver Rose Productions is my production company. Lucy Heath One, I think, is my Instagram. And on yeah, and we post everything on. Silver Rose Productions and, and I have a website for Silver Rose Productions. And can people uh, watch Better still on Channel 4? Uh, Better now is on the website. You can watch. It did its a year on Channel 4, but it's, it's over. Just Fantastic. had to drop that in there. And keep an eye out for Pragma. <laughs> yeah. 
And keep an eye out for Pragma and the painter and the poet, which is about to come out as well. Can people see that somewhere? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. But keep an eye out for yeah. it, okay? It'll find that yeah, painter. Follow the socials and all of it's fine. All right. See you, see you next, next week. week. Cheers.